listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Scumbags! Let's rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Marinci. Rage all you want. It's level three. This is Sports Rage. I am Marinci. It's the Monday Night Meltdown. Rick Saratella will join us a couple of minutes. George Kurtz going to hang around just for a couple of more minutes. We'll get him out of here. And then uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, rejoin our radio affiliate. So, George, countdown is on. We were talking about it. NHL hockey. Zidane O'Chara, one-year deal with your New York Islanders. What's your take on Chara? Well, the Yankees, the Yankees, the Islanders needed a, uh, they really need a second pair of defender. And they, uh, Chara, he's going to need a caddy because you know he's not playing 82 games. I guess there was an over-under. I'd probably put it at about 68, 68 and a half. So they'll need someone to go with him. But Chara yeah, gives the Islanders a physical presence they really haven't had as far as a defenseman. I don't care how old he is. So, uh, hey, he started out on the island. He'll finish his career out here. That's what I thought, George. I'm like, you know what? He's not the player that he was, but he's still scary as hell. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter if he's older. No one wants to mess with him. And it just sort of makes everyone else a little bit more comfortable in the corners and stuff. And in the room, uh, he'll be good in the room. So I, I don't have a problem with it. But I'll tell you what, George, FanDuel's done a great job, man. If you're a hockey fan, like FanDuel could not have done a better job, George, with the props compared to other books, too. Like, they've got it all. And I don't know if you've noticed, George, the um, – the NHL, the NHL is definitely going to be more in the limelight this year with ESPN and TNT yes. doing the games. You're already seeing. I'm seeing the commercials, the campaign for ESPN hockey's come in. They put they spent a lot of money on it. They're going to promote it. TNT does a great job with basketball. Look, they hired Wayne Gretzky. They're spending money on this stuff. So it's good for the NHL. The NHL is going to be higher profile this year, George, than it has been in past years, definitely. Absolutely. Listen, like it, ESPN or hate ESPN, you need them involved because you need them to cover it with uh, sincerity. You know, when, the, when yeah. you know, ESPN didn't have it, they if they don't own the rights to it, they don't care about it. Like. <laughs> I mean, you would you would lucky you got two minutes of highlights a night. I mean, and only if John Gross is on the show. Right, or Linda Cohen, if she was doing sports, and then you yeah, get some yeah. hockey, they would talk about it. Other than that, you know, I feel like the, most of the sport kids have no idea what hockey is. What? Hockey? Huh? What? You know, so they, they ignored it like there's no tomorrow. So you needed them to get back into it. I'm, I'm glad they have. Yeah, so FanDuel's got Stanley Cup futures uh, up, season awards, Hart Memorial Trophy, Connor McDavid plus 300, Nate McKinnon plus 600, Austin Matthews 9 to 1. Uh, they got the Norris Trophy up, Cole. Uh, you got Cole at uh, plus 400, Victor Hedman at 6-1, to one, Adam Fox at 10-1, to one. Vezina Trophy, um, they got President's Trophy, Conference Futures, Division Futures, they got Kurtz, we'll, we'll, we, can, we can talk for hours about this stuff, but we'll definitely do some future talk in the coming weeks here, Division Futures, we're back to the old divisions again, it's hard to keep up. Thank God. Uh, I wish they would actually uh, break the divisions down further rather than these eight-team divisions, 4 eight. They're too they big! Right, go to football. You know, do eight fours. You know, hockey went backwards when they did that. Right, they had it drinking. Over the wide, well, that's why they did that. Uh, any excuse to save uh, save a couple of bucks here, but it is what it is. I'm glad it's back. 82 game season. They are, uh, right now they are going to the Olympics, which although I hate the three week break, I'm glad they're going. How can Florida and Tampa be in the same division with Toronto and Montreal? Makes no sense, does it? <laughs> Thanks, George. Anytime. It's the late night anger management class. It's level three. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moranzi. You like football? Well, good. 
because we got Rick Saratella joining us. NFL Draft Bible will kick it with us in a couple of moments. Of course, the Green Bay Packers uh, were victorious uh, this evening to cover the number. Game goes over the number, and we should note, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that um, primetime games are now 6-0 and to the over in this young NFL season. The next primetime game is obviously on Thursday night. we got a total of 43-and-a-half. Davis Mills, former Stanford Cardinal, uh, quarterback uh, will be the starting quarterback. He doesn't have a ton of experience, uh, though. Like, he doesn't have a ton of experience in college, I mean, even. Right? Like, basically, he's one of these kids that he's being thrown in here right now. Right? He was He's like a one-year starter. He was, he's always been hurt. Like, he's, his collegiate career was marred by, you know, by injury. I like him. I like him. He's not, like, a strong... He doesn't have the strongest arm or anything like that, but I like him, and... As we stated, it's 6-0 and to the over, and we should know. You look at the Houston Texans, who would have thought that both their games would, would go over the number, right? And they have. You know, sometimes it's like Seinfeld, opposites, right? It's the it's bizarro world uh, in the world of sports betting. So the Carolina Panthers are 7.5-point favorites on Thursday night football. Listen, man, I love baseball and all this stuff, but this should just be football on every day. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. I don't want to get into politics, but if I was a, a politician, that would be one of my mandates. That would be one of my platforms. All right? I don't care, like, who goes to the bathroom where, and I don't want to hear about this and that, about your vaccination crap. My political platform is basically I'm going to legalize sports betting in your state. I'm going to legalize marijuana in your state, and I'm going to make sure that there's football on TV seven days a week. That's my, yeah, hey, how many people right now tuning in are saying, yeah, you got my vote? Legalize sports betting, legalize marijuana, and football on seven days a week. Vote Marenzi. It's a better platform and campaign than all the other jackasses. <laughs> Dodgers got to win this division, man. Starting to get a little flipped out. What a big week it is. Big week. Rick Saratella steps up and in. Late night anger management class. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Marinci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the DJs, and everybody else in between throwing it down. Sirius XM Channel 204, Sports Grid Radio Networks. Let's talk football. Rick Saratella steps up in NFL Draft Bible rocking the John Elway jersey on the wall behind him tonight. He's mixing it up a little bit. Rick Saratella, how you doing, my man? Uh, always a pleasure to be here, chopping it up, talking a little football with you, Gabe. You got the old school John Elway, Denver Broncos, the Orange Crush uh, jersey rocking. What kind of jersey collection you got, Rick? 
You know, I dabble a little bit. I got a couple Michelin ass. You'll also see behind there is the uh, autographed Dan Marino Pitt Panthers jersey. Oh, sweet, as well. sweet. Yeah. sweet. Yeah, I'm like you. I like the old stuff as well. Yeah, I like I like that old uh, classic throwback uh, stuff. Dan Marino. Uh, it's funny. Last night uh, we were discussing the greatest Italian quarterbacks ever in the chat. <laughs> did Bob did did Bob Gagliano make the cut? <laughs> you know we got a lot of young listeners, Rick. All right. <laughs> it was somebody. It was our boy Chris Ventra, who said uh, said he's a big Jimmy G fan. He said, you know, we don't have a lot of Italian quarterbacks. I, I support the guy. I said, what do you mean you don't have a lot of Italian quarterbacks? I said half the damn league's Italian. <laughs> Yeah, we got a few hanging out. Nick Sariani in Philadelphia, you know. I, There's I a lot of Italian coaches, Rick, isn't there? Especially in college football. Well, yeah, I mean, we're we're usually too short to play football, so we just have to wind up coaching. <laughs> so you end up coaching it. You, you end exactly. Up, you end up coaching it. Rick Saratello was. So listen, Rick, week two started off with a real roller coaster on Thursday night football with the New York Giants. They found uh, a way to lose a football game that they could have and should have won, despite the fact they got a great performance from Daniel Jones. And, and then the Sunday nighter, is, it was a wild weekend of football. It's been a wild year so far, hasn't it? It's been wild to see, you know, how the league has kind of been a league of parity. I think 25 teams are one and one, something to that effect. And so, you know, the Giants particularly, it was um, – wild to see the new faces be so discontent just after two games you've got to be concerned when your new star wide receiver screaming at your quarterback on the sidelines because he can't get him in fact it's really Galladay had some drops and and miscues but he's the one yelling at the quarterback on the sidelines and then Kadarius Tony I mean between the posts and the comments and third-party nonsense, first-party nonsense. I mean, we talked about it. To use a first-round pick on a questionable character guy who was habitually late to practice and tardy and uh, had some off-the-field baggage to begin with. Uh, you wonder what the Giants are doing in terms of team chemistry. And once again, I hate to hate to hard, uh, be a broken record each and every week. They did nothing to address that offensive line. It's uh, like the the subway turnstiles, you know, on a, on a hundred degree day, everybody's free. It's a New York thing because the New York Jets uh, have have offensive line issues right now as well without Becton in the lineup. But as far as Tony is concerned, listen, bro, I said this. I said this the day after the draft. You and I talked about this. You didn't understand the pick. I didn't understand the pick. There's only one football. You've got Saquon Barkley. You've got Sterling Shepard. You've got, oh, yeah, by the way, Darius Slayton, who actually who actually Daniel Jones has the best rapport with out of everybody. There's no room for Tony. They didn't need Tony. There's no room for him. And something you just said to me, I don't understand, so explain this to me. They pass, and all right, fine. You know what, Michael Parsons, fine. Even though he could have been your sort of new LT type of deal. But they passed on Micah Parsons due to character issues. Yet then turn around and draft Kadarius Tony from the Florida Gators. Like if you're if you're the Giants, don't you just ignore the Gators as a whole? Just like, yeah, we don't draft Florida Gator players due to character issues. I mean, Tony would have fit in on that Urban Meyer team, bro. And now the Giants take him and you're all about character and you take him. You just said it. There were red flags all over the place with this kid. There were, and it was surprising too, because of the fiasco with the DeAndre Baker wasted 
first round pick who they traded up for and he's now another character kid that robs people at a poker game after he loses money yeah DeAndre, just for the record guy deandre baker defensive back out of georgia first round draft pick of the giants number one played like crap as a rookie (laughs) and then number two goes back home to miami plays in a poker game i don't know feels as though he got cheated or he lost he lost like 70 or 80k or something like that you know and does the old you know okay fine and then comes back with his boys and a bunch of guns and decides to steal everybody's jewelry. I mean, dude, who's interviewing these guys for the Giants? And how is the franchise all about character so much screwing up like this? Well, and I think you also have to wonder, too, from an evaluation standpoint, like, I mean, it's great to stick with the P5 powerhouse programs that everybody knows. But, I mean, again, like, Eli Apple was an Ohio State first-round bust. Andrew Thomas, who you had the first pick of you know half a dozen offensive linemen that go in the first round you pick the worst one and he's from georgia it's like you know come on guys how many how many off seasons do you get to construct a team that continues what is this now the seventh sixth or seventh consecutive season that the new york football giants have started owing to wow and we've discussed this guys it's not uh it's not pretty 12 out of 119 teams that uh to start uh oh two make the playoffs all right, so that's they're not even worried about the playoffs right now. They need to win a damn football game. So let me ask you. They're three-point favorites over the visiting Atlanta Falcons. This is a type of game, if they lose, like, I want to fire people. You know, and you know, how much, how much, how much leeway does Joe Judge have if it's another train wreck season here? Can't give him a third year. Like, honestly, everybody would have to go. This is a massive game. I don't think the Mariners are going to like losing this game, bro, if they lose this game. And the Giants are favorites. Yeah, unfortunately, Gabe, but I think the Giants fans tuned in listening here are, are going to be sad to hear that, you know, keeping, retaining David Gettleman's services basically was a built-in way of the next fall guy. And so Joe Judge does have final say and authority over the personnel decisions on this roster. I think the next kind of domino to fall here is David Gettleman. Yep. And Joe Judge will get a new lease on life. Yeah, and then and, and how cool is that for how do you hire a new GM when you tell him, oh, yeah, by the way, we already have a coach. A coach that's probably not very good and isn't winning, but he's our guy. Well, and- you're gonna see you're gonna see the the Kyle Shanahan formula where Joe Judge is the one hiring that GM. Oh my God. <laughs> Why does Joe Judge deserve that type of power? So when when he went and interviewed for that Mississippi State job last offseason, it was between the Giants and then Mississippi State got into the fray and Joe Judge being this, uh, I guess, scout behind the scenes for the New England Patriots. Uh, I don't know if this was uh, dictated or the Giants panicked and offered this, but they basically gave him final say on the roster once Mississippi State got involved in that uh, interview process. So Joe Judge should be blamed more for Kadarius Tony than Dave Gettleman, you're saying? The buck ends with Joe Judge, but not many people know that at all. Never mind the mainstream media. Few people even within the the Giants media even recognize that. I uh, I I don't I don't understand. It doesn't work out well when you give legends power of attorney. You know I mean you know what I'm saying? It just doesn't. Like coaches, look at the great coaches, man. Like remember when Mike Holmgren? Oh, now I want to run things. That was the new, remember the old days? Coaches just would just coach, Rick, right? Now they want to control the draft. They want to control this. It's like the Raiders. Who's running the Raiders? 
Like, is it is it Mayock or is it Gruden? I guess, I don't know, before they used to, everyone would point fingers. Oh, it's not me, it's him. Now, hey, no, it's me. Now they're all taking credit for it. So let me, let me ask you, before we get out of here on this one, Giants-Falcons, sounds like you don't have any confidence that the Giants can win this game. I hate to be here three weeks in a row and say it, but even despite the debacle we saw from the Falcons here this past week, I think they have a better starting quarterback and Matt Ryan will find a way to get it done. Wow. All right, Rick Saratella joining us from the swamp and burying the Giants in that very same swamp. Late night anger man from Rockton Vegas, bring it. Winning Edge benefit number 27. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Rage. I had Gabe Lomarez. We're throwing it down on Sirius XM Channel 204 Sports Grid Radio Networks. We're getting biblical. Rick Saratella, NFL uh, Draft Bible uh, with us. And speaking of NFL drafts, there was a lot of talk about Zach Wilson uh, being drafted second overall. For the record, I disagreed uh, with the selection at the time, uh, yet uh, I'm not here to tell you that Zach Wilson's career is over. I'm just telling you that I'm not surprised that we're seeing these growing pains that we've seen uh, from Zach so far. So Zach Wilson is 39 of 70. He's completed just 39 of 70 passes thrown for 55.7%, 468 yards, 6.7 yards uh, per attempt. He's thrown for two touchdowns, five interceptions, and he's taken a league-high 10 sacks um he got booed he's been he got booed by jet fans and i i'm gonna give the kid credit actually for his his comments on being booed in which he said number one i didn't notice number two shouldn't they be booing i sucked we sucked. Like, he basically, I like the way he handled it. I'll give him that. <laughs> he handled the press conference better than he's handled the game so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, pretty boy Floyd and and a, and, a, and a smile can go a long way. But at the end of the day, it's a bottom line business. The performance wasn't enough to get it done. Did he show enough to offer us glimpse of hope? Yeah, I mean, that's really all you have as a Jets fan at this point. But, man, where is the undefeated Sam Darnold when you need him? I mean, like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. boy. Adam Gase is gone. Sam Donald. That, that Pro Bowl or Sam Darnold? <laughs> yeah, right. so, suddenly, he's undefeated and kind of like the same old Jets. And I I, I saw it coming because Belichick is, has a track record for, for these rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, terrorizing rookie in, quarterbacks. Introducing yeah. them to the NFL with uh, some eight-man fronts and – heavy blitz attacks and so you you kind of saw this one coming i think you just kind of chalk it up to a learning experience but at the end of the day you know what joe douglas has decided to do is you know he's had some uh pretty decent drafts but did he really go out in the offseason either during free agency 
or the NFL draft and find this guy any kind of playmakers? I mean, really, like, are we really putting our stock in the Michael Carter, LaMichael P. Ryan, Tevin Coleman backfield? Uh, who is his safety blanket underneath when he is under duress? Is there some kind of competent yeah. possession receiver or tight end that can catch the ball? I mean, Chris Herndon, Herndon was nothing to write home about, but I mean, they gave him away for a bag of chips and they got literally nobody. It had a good chemistry. Darnold and Hendren had, 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 had Herndon had a good thing going actually. Yeah. I mean, that was really actually yeah, she had a good thing going Robbie Anderson too. Uh, remember that guy. They didn't want to ante up and pay the money. And now Robbie Anderson going on to his second contract with the Carolina Panthers. But again, you wonder, like, you know, he signed a, a two-year deal for $20 million. And to me, that sounds like, hey, sign me up. That sounds like a bargain right now to have that kind of playmaker in inside your building. Uh, I just don't see the playmakers. And now with Mekhi Becton, you know, scheduled to miss some time here, you wonder if you just damaged this kid's long-term mental confidence, throwing him to the wolves and letting him, you know, just die and get killed and murdered behind that line of scrimmage where he just has no time at all. I know he's got some scrambling ability to his game, but golly, that is uh, really tough to watch. Zach Wilson has been under pressure on 50% of his dropbacks. This is something that we have to take into consideration and cut the kid a little slack. Like the kid's literally running for his life on every, you know, on every second snap. Um, we should note, and this is interesting, data shows that four of his five interceptions have come from a clean pocket, but you still get shell-shocked when you're running for your life every play and it's going to affect you on, on the next play. So hey, listen, it, it is it is what it is. I bet the Jets under five and a, uh, six and a half wins, five hundred bucks. Wish I would have put five thousand <laughs> right now, and it won't get any easier. Speaking of uh, speaking of the Pisans, Vic Fangio and his defense waits up there in the Mile High City. That's not going to be an easy defense for him to deal with either. No, I think you can argue that Denver has one of, if not the best, defense in the National Football League, and. You know, you just wonder how much pressure can this kid really take on before he just gets so gun shy and, and trigger happy. And yeah, they might have came from a, a clean pocket game, but when you're playing constantly uh, down by three touchdowns or more, you feel that pressure to kind yeah. of put the team on your back and you try to do more than you can handle. And maybe you try to squeeze that ball into a window. You might have got away with that against Coastal Carolina, but not on the National Football League. It's just such a big jump for him as well. It's just such a big jump as far as the the speed, the level of competition uh, that he is facing. And as Rick stated, he's not surrounded by a ton of talent. And, you know, if you look at the Jets, they're sort of, you look at the foundation they're building, they want to build it on the offensive line, right? Uh, they traded up to get Vera Tucker, the offensive lineman out of USC, talk about Makai Becton. And if anything, Rick, does this highlight how good Becton is? It was is Becton actually that good? And you know, no one ever talks about him because he's on the Jets. Look, he was a rookie last year. But talk to me about Makai Becton. How good is this kid? Without yeah, him in the believe, lineup right now, this this yeah. line's falling apart. No, I believe he's a cornerstone type of player. I would actually say, based on what I've seen, very limited body of work. I don't think it's even been twenty games. But I would say that Makai Becton is a better player than DeBrickashaw Ferguson. 
was for the New York Jets. And so there's something to be said for that. So they, they do have some building blocks, but when he's out for a month or two, that doesn't help matters. And, you know, you got a good offensive line foundation to work around. But now you got to, you know, you you can't make the club in the tub type of deal. Like now you've got to stay healthy. People aren't going to feel bad for you in this league just because you have injuries. Everybody's got them. It's just who's got better depth. Rick Saratella uh, with us. So I think that uh, Sam Darnold, and I'm not saying this is factual, guys, but I don't know. Off the top of my head, I'm sort of thinking it's probably the first time Sam Darnold's won two consecutive games since he's been a USC Trojan, <laughs> right? I don't know, kidding aside, maybe the For Jets sure. managed to win two in a row at some point in time. But nevertheless, Sam Darnold has to be enjoying his new lease on life right now. Things have fallen into place for the Carolina uh, Panthers. Hey, listen, I'll give him credit. It was a nice win against the New Orleans Saints. The Saints did have what, like eight coaches out and multiple players uh, out, but they handled their business. They're 2-0. Now they get the Houston Texans. So what do, what do you make of this Thursday night game? They're laying like seven points. I'm going to tell you, the Houston Texans are 2-0 against the spread, Rick, right? They're 2-0 against the spread. They beat Jacksonville outright, and then they were getting a ton of points against the Cleveland Browns, and they played with the Cleveland Browns, bro. They were in that football game. I don't think Carolina should be laying seven points, but then we get into the quarterback uh, situation with the Houston Texans. What do you make of the QB situation and how, what's going to happen moving forward? I get the feeling Cully wants to play Deshaun Watson. He can't. It's out of his control. It's an ownership decision, and it's going to end up being Davis Mills. But talk to me about this, and what do you think about Davis Mills, the kid out of Stanford? Yeah, I think it's a poor management decision because I'm paying Deshaun Watson a lot of money. He better get his ass on the field and, and get he's play. Not he's suspended. not suspended. So I would just I tell people he's yeah. not suspended. Right. If he's found guilty of something, we'll be the first ones to cut his ass. But until then, he's a Houston Texan. Right, and if you don't want to play, you forfeit your pay. Very simple. And so, you know, Houston is not in the business of winning football games. They're in the business of... You know, putting on a, 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 a clown show, I guess. I mean, because that's what you're going to get with Davis Mills as your starter, not because he's not a good quarterback, Gabe, but he's just not built for this, right? He was drafted. So he's not the, ready for this, right? Yeah, I mean, he was drafted in the third round, I believe, and for a very good reason. He has very limited experience at the collegiate level. And so while he did flash during his time in college, I liked you know, very cerebral young man, obviously yeah, a, yeah. a short precision type of passer. But again, you get a guy, a defensive coordinator like Phil Snow there at Carolina, who's going to just dismantle this rookie quarterback. And so uh, Sam Darnold looks like he's going to be three and oh, I've got Carolina easily in this matchup because of the rookie quarterback woes. But man, I don't know what Houston is doing because uh, they could compete now. Like you saw what Deshaun Watson did down the stretch last season, single-handedly putting that team on his back at times. And hey, if you don't want to play, I'm not going to pay. But I just think that the the Houston Texans organization right now, uh, outside of the New York Jets, I mean, th these are the two worst-ran organizations in the NFL. Now they probably, I think they're worse. I think they're worse run than the New York Jets are even. And that's saying something. Because the the Houston Texans, they're just in such 
there, there's just so many different situations and that they have to deal with and complications that they brought upon themselves. They let Bill O'Brien dig them in too, dig a, too, too deep of a hole. They haven't handled this Deshaun Watson stuff at all uh, very well. Uh, you know, I don't get it because the, the Houston Texans, I've been there. I've been to the stadium. I know, like, the passionate fan base that they have. They love that team. They love football. And they had a good franchise. It's amazing to see how things have just completely, completely fallen apart for this team. But as I stated, in my world, Rick, hey, they're the Super Bowl champs right now. They're the number one team in my power rankings because they're 2-0 against the spread. The late-night anger manageable cross continues more with Rick Saratella. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. The Late Night Anger for Class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Marenzi. We're breaking it down, busting it up. Rick Saratella, NFL Draft Bible uh, with us. I'm getting fired up, man. It's amazing, uh, Rick. I told people this... Uh, I told people this the other night. As you get older, time just goes by faster. Yet... When the football season starts, it's almost like it's times two or something. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels weird to say, yeah, week three of the National Football League, eh, week three. So think about it. Next week, it'll be week four. We're going to be a month in. Man, the season just flies by. Life goes by too much. It goes by too fast, uh, Rick, when you're having fun, baby. I tell you that. It's so true, and uh, you know, maybe who knows? Uh, where, where's the Super Bowl this year? Maybe we'll be crossing paths uh, doing the show from so there. Fi. So there we go. Los Angeles, California. Okay. I can uh, make that happen. Yeah, well, for, well, I'll tell you what. If the Buffalo Bills, I'm not a big Super Bowl guy. I've been to Super Bowls, and it's basically like spending 10 hours in an airport security line check. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to a football game. Like, we'll put it that way. Yeah, like, I have yet to actually been to one, but it, I, it sounds like, based on that experience, it sounds like hanging out in Times Square for the ball to drop. It, bingo. Bro, there's no tailgating. So, number one, like, the parking lots are all closed. There's, like, fenced and perm. Dude, it's a security war zone. There's helicopters flying around everywhere. You got to get there hours in advance. Otherwise, you're not going to get in because of the security check. Um, you know, usually the president is there, somebody's there, there's like secret service everywhere. Oh, sorry, you gotta wait here for an hour while we these these limos come through. It's like it's not, you know, I mean, it's not the it's not a great experience, to be honest. I'm not saying that listen, I'm just someone that hates that stuff. If your favorite team is in it, but if the Buffalo Bills make the Super Bowl, I gotta go. Right? It's say that's one of those deals. If they make the Super Bowl, but we're a long ways away from that. But speaking of Los Angeles and Super Bowls. So the Super Bowl is in Los Angeles, and we've got the Rams hosting the Bucks uh, this week. So you look at the Buccaneers. They handle their business against the Cowboys. They play the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, you're 2-0. and 
But they've, they've won nine straight games right now. And they've scored 30 or more points in nine straight games, which happens to be a, the first uh, the first team to do it in about 13 years since, oh, yeah, guess who? Tom Brady. And you know who did that before? Oh, yeah, Tom Brady. This guy, Rick, I said this last night. I don't know if you agree with me, but Tom Brady's playing the best football of his career now. Like, he's never been this big stat guy before. He's just sort of there and won games. Dude, like, really, he's playing his best football right now in his mid-40s, bro. And what he lost off the fastball, he makes up with the experience and the knowledge, right, and the anticipation and just the know-how. And I think you build up so much cachet in this league. It's like he's to the point now where, you know, his teammates really believe that Tom Brady walks on water. Like, whatever you say, Tom, yeah, Tom, I got you, Tom. Like, okay, Tom. Like, they, they, they have all bought in. And I agree. I mean, like five touchdowns, zero interceptions again this week. And you just shake your head and say, is this real? Like, really? And now he's talking about even playing to 50. Hey, with this supporting cast, you saw it. Atlanta tried to come back there and, 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 and get back in it there at the end. But there's just too many horses. Uh, this team is too deep at almost every position. The weapons are endless. I mean, it's just like maybe the the best supporting cast he's ever played with as well, Gabe. And uh, it's hard to see a team over the long haul being better or toppling them. I mean, they are truly the king of the mountain until somebody knocks them off the mountaintop. Well, the Los Angeles Rams are going to be looking to, uh, to be knocking them off uh, this week. I've been waiting to bet against the Rams. I didn't, I didn't take the Colts over the weekend. The Colts ended up covering the point spread. Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford was brought to Los Angeles to win games like this. Sean McVay felt as though that there was a, you know, sort of the ceiling uh, with uh, with Jared Goff and what he could do. I don't know. I'm not so sure about that. Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl uh, with these guys. Matthew Stafford has never won a big game in his life before, Rick. Is he going to win this one? I like the Bucks. You know, it's... I do like the Bucs. However, I will say it's going to be tough to win every single game also, right? And so if there is one game on the calendar that you have to circle, I think it's this Rams led by Aaron Donald because now they can generate a pass rush here. I'm looking at Leonard Floyd as a guy who can get after the quarterback. But most importantly, I think the one weakness that we've seen, if we've seen any, uh, the one kryptonite to Tom Brady Superman is when you can generate a pass rush up the middle. And that's what Aaron Donald can bring to this party. And so if they are able to penetrate the middle and get in the backfield and, and disrupt Brady that way, then I give them a puncher's chance. Now, I don't think there's going to be too many opponents that I, I say, I don't know if there's going to be any opponent that's going to be favored. However, if there's one team that's going to beat them, I do think the Rams are going to be within striking distance in the fourth quarter. And so I don't know what the line is here. I don't have it in front of me, but I do think it's going to be within one score. Well, it's one and a half, as I stated. The the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are are favored by one, uh, are getting one and a half points. The Rams, one and a half point uh, road uh, favorites, which in other words is basically uh, basically a pick 'em. Um, and honestly, I don't, you know, I guess you could say the Rams will have more of a home field advantage uh, than than the Chargers do. And you know, obviously the Cowboys are such a popular team. Now the Chargers coming off that loss, that's a that's a bad loss for them. A frustrating loss. They go up and down the field. The Dallas, I'll give credit to the Dallas Cowboys defense. The Pokes defense, they bend. 
they didn't break. And they made plays when they had to. They stepped up on third down. But if you're the Chargers now, it kind of sucks for you. You got that one win in Washington. You let this one get away from you. Now you've got to go to Kansas City and deal with a Kansas City Chief team coming off a loss. Not a, not a great spot for the Chargers to be in. And suddenly the Raiders and Broncos are 2-0. So, I mean, that's a tough division because you've got the Chiefs on deck with two other teams who are undefeated. Uh, the AFC West, the NFC West, those might be the two toughest divisions in football. I thought the Cowboys stole one there. But you take a look at that AFC West, man, with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you also have Justin Herbert now in there and, and Derek Carr. And, you know, th this is going to be a competitive to the end. Uh, the Chiefs, I think, do have some holes on that squad, as we saw last night. But, um, you know, the, the, the Chargers are a team. They're going to be hanging out in the playoff mix. They'll be hanging out around 500 all season long. I just think with the new coach who, by the way, I've spoken to players who rant and rave. They love this coach. But I do think they're a year away. I think they're more in the uh, pretender category uh, and, and not the contender. Rick Saratella uh, with us. Rick, so Rick's from the NFL Draft Bible. And really, look, the Raiders screw the draft up all the time, man. Like they do. Like the last two third-round picks that they've had never played a snap for them. They've had other picks that are just complete busts. Yet here they are. And you want to talk about power rankings. You have to give credit to this Raider team. They beat, look, they beat Baltimore or just beat Kansas City. And um, they beat a Pittsburgh Steelers team to beat the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, if you want to do football math, the Raiders are not only 2-0, but the Raiders have two very impressive wins as far as good teams. I mean, look, the Raiders are 2-0 against the AFC uh, North right now. But it's amazing to me because, as I stated, they haven't knocked it out of the park when it comes to the draft. But they're still 2-0 right now. And, man, Derek Carr, you know, this guy is a good quarterback. He hasn't gotten credit for it, I don't think, enough uh, over the years. But Derek Carr is balling right now, just like his boy Jake Hayner at Fresno State was balling uh, over the weekend. It's a Fresno thing, Rick. Fresno quarterbacks kick ass. Yeah, you know, those Cali, Cali quarterbacks, man, there's something to it. So, you know, I, I like what Carr did. He actually led the NFL in passing this week. I think he had 384 passing yards because suddenly – uh, Henry Ruggs is healthy and Hunter Renfro creates separation underneath. And oh, by the way, opposite slot, Darren Waller, like good luck defending those two guys. And, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs goes down. And oh, by the way, we've got Kenyon Drake. We'll bring over uh, Peyton Barber. And I think the one thing that John Gruden has done well is motivating early in the season when there's not a bunch of losses <laughs> piled up. He can get players to buy in now. It's when those losses start piling up where, you know, I think it continues to just wear on that team, the losing ways, the black hole, uh, maybe with this new home field advantage and having fans allowed inside and a sold-out crowd rather than being one of the lone teams that did play every single home game in an empty stadium. Uh, is that worth a win or two with the new home field advantage? But it's hard to imagine the way they've played the first two weeks to say that the Raiders won't have something to say about the playoff hunt. Rick Saratella with us. All right, Rick. So before we get you out of here, as far as the um, as far as the draft uh, board is concerned, man, like we praised Carson Strong last week, and then Carson Strong rolls into Manhattan, um, K State. That is, 
and, you know, absolutely gets their ass handed to them. And, you know, obviously quarterbacks aren't responsible uh, for that totally. But no, no one's really grabbing this, are they? Spencer Rattler struggling a little bit. And I'm starting to see Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau, as that guy right now. And I'm seeing some other defensive guys. There's some talk that, listen, these quarterbacks, they're not number one, number two, number three type worthy guys. Are you starting to see this? Are you starting to see a shift with some of the defensive players climbing the board right now? Because, quite frankly, the quarterbacks aren't worth taking with the top pick in the draft right now. Well, the quarterbacks are always going to get pushed up the board, regardless of their if they're first worthy, first round worthy or not. Just because so many teams, I mean, look at how many teams we just mentioned in in this segment that have mediocre or poor quarterback play. So I would say half the team is looking to upgrade the position, if not more. So these guys are going to go early. They're going to go often. I would say Kayvon Thibodeau at Oregon. He's also hurt himself. So how much does the injury impact his long term draft stock? I think. Uh, the safety there at Notre Dame, Hamilton, I know my staff loves this kid. And so I think you've got to now start to inject his name into consideration for the number one overall pick. But for me personally, I mean, it's still Carson Strong in terms of the top NFL draft prospect. Uh, I sense there's going to be love for Spencer Rattler in, in the NFL scouting community just because of his skill set and modern attributes that you know, translate well to the next level. But outside of Carson Strong, it's hard for me to get behind any of these quarterbacks. They all have their warts, which is to be expected. I just don't see a franchise quarterback that says, hey, I'm building a team today. Here's my hands down consensus number one signal caller that I want to build everything around. Even Carson Strong comes with some vertebrae and, and spinal cord injury issues dating back to high school. And so we'll see what the medical checks out with on him. But, yeah, I would say it's wide open with the number one overall pick. I also think it's wide open with the Heisman Trophy race. Uh, Heisman Trophy. Uh, Heisman Trophy race is always a wild one. I think, Listen, I think it's going to be Bryce Young. Listen, Matt Corral is climbing the boards right now, too. Um, you know, Mississippi's getting a lot of hype right now. But, man, this is such a week-by-week thing, right? Last week, Carson Strong was like the the it guy and already this week oh no 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 now it's Kayvon Thibodeau like a lot of mock drafts have Thibodeau uh going uh number one right now and I tell you what I think the Ducks are going to go deep and that's something to keep her eye on the further they go undefeated and they go into the playoff that just helps Thibodeau stock as well and keeps them in the national conversation Rick Saratella NFL Draft Bible thanks for taking the time to be with us Rick SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. to take what you got, the late-night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am RNC, the three-minute warning, the quickest 180 minutes in sports talk radio. We've been football heavy, but 
we're entering into um, into crunch time right now. Major League uh, Baseball, and it's getting real, real. The Los Angeles Dodgers trail San Francisco by one game. San Diego season has fallen apart, uh, but they can step up and and stop the bleeding. It's a massive week, uh, massive week on the diamond uh, this week. We're fired up. Um, it's a great time of the sports year. All these sports are starting to collide. We've got hockey starting in a couple of weeks. The NBA is around the corner. So speaking of Major League Baseball, the New York Mets and the Boston Red Sox, big-time stuff right there uh, for both uh, teams, especially the Boston Red Sox as the Mets are pretty much done. Right, So massive game for the Red Sox. Big-time game tomorrow with Tampa. And, uh, and Toronto once again. The Los Angeles Dodgers are minus 220 road favorites in Colorado. So the Dodgers are in Colorado. It's an opportunity. Listen, Colorado are a good home team, though. So the Dodgers can't take anything for granted. And Major League Baseball teams like nothing better than playing spoiler uh, late, uh, right? Uh, so uh, tune in to Game Time Decisions at 6 o'clock Eastern. We'll be breaking it down. And it's Ryder Cup week. Uh, you know, I'm a casual golf better. Um, you know, our boy, the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. We have Dubsy on. So we talk a lot of golf betting uh, through the week. And I'll sprinkle on it. I'll bet some top 20s. And I, you know, I'll take a shot here and there. But I am a big fan of this international stuff. It's intense. And the Ryder Cup is very intense. And I can tell you what, I think Europe are a very live dog. All right? If you look at the American team, you've got a bunch of just sort of selfish narcissistic jerks on the team I don't know how much they really care about the team concept as much as the Europeans do and I think the Europeans will play better under pressure but we'll break it down throughout the week it's a big week, it's a big month primetime games now 6-0 to the over Thursday Night Football next up other than that you're on your own later Expert perspectives and actionable insights 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. It's the winning edge. What are you going to do? Not listen? This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM.